0: From the newsroom of the Rockford Register Star, here's what's new today. Welcome back. This is Jay Taft with the Rockford Register Star and rstar.com's weekly sports podcast, Not Just a Game. And this week we have another very interesting guest and one who hits home right now. She is Dr. Sandra Martell, uh, the director of the Winnebago County Health Department or coming up on six years now but she has over 30 years of experience in the public health world i'm sure nothing like what she's been dealing with the past three months which is the case with all the public health officials some are doing better than others Um, this one in my opinion and in many others uh, dr martell and her department have done a very good job Uh, i hear about her as well from behind the scenes when I'm when I'm dealing with different sports team organizers um, general managers uh, everybody's dealing with Dr. Martell and her department to try and uh, figure out what's going on and what what to do over these past couple months and now trying to come up with plans and figure out how to get through these reopening phases. Um, So Dr. Martell sat down with us. She's this week's podcast guest, and we just picked the the heck out of her brain um, as much as we could, Um, but she's just got some great insight for us. So let's drop in on that discussion right now. Here is the director of the Winnebago County Health Department, Dr. Sandra Martell. And Dr. Sandra Martell, thank you so much for joining us. We really want to pick your brain on a lot of things. Thanks so much. First of all, I, I hope you and your family, everybody's staying healthy right now. Everybody doing good?
1: We're all doing well here and we're doing well at the health department.
0: Excellent. Yes. I think a lot of people think you're doing well at the health department. Let me, let me start off by asking you, are you a sports fan and, and to what degree do you follow sports?
1: Well, I think, like most of the public, I enjoy um, watching team sports on the television and going to live games and venues. Um, I always find that those are my favorite activities, is to, and that's really how I prefer to view my sports, is uh, live, which um, is quite a challenge in this time. But again, being part and present and being part of that fan experience is what I enjoy about sporting events.
0: Yeah, a lot of people and a lot of people are missing that. I know Um, it's this is such a deep question, but I mean, give us an idea of what your role over there at the health department was before this pandemic hit and how immensely it's changed for you over these past three plus months.
1: Well, I think at the health department, first of all, this is monitoring for communicable diseases has always been our role. Um, I think that people kind of only come across us when there is something. For instance, normally not at a sporting event, but oftentimes a foodborne illness outbreak. I think about different kinds of activities where we might be involved. Sometimes you'll we'll hear about some of the MRSA outbreaks that were occurring on sports teams. We might be involved and engaged with that. Um, for day to day, we're involved with both public health, what we call assurance functions, which are part of the health department's activities to ensure that there are safe uh, food, water, um, and things like environmental uh, hotel and restaurant, tat, body art, tattoo parlors, as we would call them, body art establishments, making sure that those venues meet standards that have been established to protect the public's health. And then we also talk about some things like policy development. We're involved in ordinances to make sure that those kinds of activities, whether it's around housing and demolition and things like that, that we're engaged in on a regular basis as well as things like trauma-informed care. We've talked about how that impact of lifelong trauma has impacted our community in terms of its health outcomes, as well as things like, uh, we've been working on things like transgenerational trauma, which includes racism. So that has been part of the activity and work that we've been doing at the health department. Um, And then we talk about maternal and child health, the importance of making sure that our community establishes and maintains wellness from the beginning of the life cycle, Um, and also actively engage with mental health. So if you talk about our three health priorities, it would have been maternal and child health, mental health, um, that includes the opioids and things like suicide rates in our community. And then youth violence. Um, what kinds of activities can we do? What can we do to, to really address violence in our community? So those were our priorities that we've been working on, along with what I call our bread and butter assurance policy and assessment kinds of activities at the health department and clearly, during this pandemic, we've had to really focus on our communicable disease component piece. So we've really shifted our resources to really focus on that as it should be in a time of a a situation like this.
0: Oh yeah, you guys have been surged right into the spotlight quite a bit with this. Um, And is there anything that someone in your position could do, to prepare yourself for what you've gone through these past three plus months. I know you've been in the business for over 30 years. That's got to help. But
1: but it's I think it's like sports. It's the playbook. It's the drills. It's the preparing, you know, I mean, while we go through these activities and we can often say this is an unprecedented event. I think that you know we've been preparing throughout whether it was a communicable disease doing exercises looking at data preparing ourselves to best respond. Um, And of course, at times, you sometimes have to modify that playbook because all those weren't really in what we were trained and or necessarily some of the assumptions that we might have had. And we've had to adjust and adapt, and we've had great, I'm going to say, this is where I'm going to make another sports analogy, our fan base support, our community support, um, various individuals stepping in to assist and support, whether it's the hospital systems, whether it's our business community, our schools, our parks and recreation, the park district, all of them as well stepped in to help us go through this process as we began to look at how do we put those plans in play and what things need to be modified as we go through this.
0: That That's a nice transition into the one of the questions I wanted to ask you is and is there a role that sports and sports role models and the star athletes can play in our community, especially at a time like this? Do you believe that that uh, can have an effect?
1: Uh, Absolutely, Um, I think that one of the activities um, that we've done, uh, initially there was a lot of um, concern about masking and the acceptance of masking. Um, This is a new uh, behavior in American culture that has its pros and cons throughout history. But we really, um, through our communities of concern, identify our populations at risk and we began to reach out to the influencers, which include athletes. It includes those individuals that people look up to to say the importance of wearing a face covering or mask um, and that this making this now the standard. So I think one is influencing appropriate behaviors, um, I think become extremely important. I think also as we've kind of gone through this, we've recognized how isolating Um, this has been for individuals, the whole impact of quarantine um, and the ability, um, especially for children, the importance of getting out to play and recreate. You know, I mean, we need to get out that there's a connectedness, even in competition, if you want to say it like that, that that really became an important activity as we began to look at how do we reopen and restore our region Um, one of the first things we said is we needed to get um, our children back outside and back really into one of the safest environments about some group activities socialization uh, learning how to play collectively yes we have to learn some new social skills and behaviors the the handshake for good sportsmanship is not what we're going to be doing Uh, but are there other ways to communicate um, our, you know, sportsmanship. Uh, again, helping each other, like a collective. Um, I think it, when I think about sports, I think about that team element. Uh, there are individual sports, and I understand that, um, and I enjoy playing those as well. But I think it's that collectivism. Um, how do you train as a team when you're six feet apart, um, one-on-ones, you know, what do you do? The um, figuring out how do you make sure your other teammates, the reason you don't show up to a practice or an event is because you may have been exposed to protect not only yourself, but your teammates and your, your friends that you're playing with and your teachers and your coaches. So I think that that part of sports and athletics has an important part in teaching that socialization our new kind of new normal, as I'm going to call it, as we coexist with COVID. And I think it also, um, Provide some, I'm going to say, emotional um, and also mental health breaks, right, from the isolation. Uh, Being able to get out of doors, being able to watch and take our minds off of, you know, oftentimes the news cycles that, you know, focus on case counts and deaths and very negative information whether it's the economy or the disease or civil unrest really giving people some chance to look outward and to focus on something positive positive. Um, and I think from the start sports you know from our country you know when you think about uh, this is unprecedented not to have professional teams playing uh, during war as they've played I mean the Rockford Peaches and their whole history I mean I think about that legacy in our community and to not have that at during a very critical time so the importance of bringing that back so i think it has both the individuals can have impact in terms of how they model their behaviors um, and i think collectively how we resume that return to activity and how we resume that play and really is a way to provide some diversion as well as positive modeling for this behavior that we're going to need
0: and we really are starting to see a lot of it come out of the woodwork you you just drive around the different communities and you're seeing some baseball games going on and you're seeing um, a a lot of this start to come out let me get your take on this whole restart when it comes with sports are that because because even the sports that aren 't going yet have are making plans and are finalizing plans is do you feel like that process has been unfolding in in the right way, and are people doing their part
1: I think that the individuals you know for instance the Rockford rivets um, really they put together a proposal and you know again, you could clearly see that they had incorporated guidance coming out about how do you maintain social distancing, very thoughtful in how do you arrange seating, um, thoughtful in how do you come into a stadium and how do you exit a stadium, how do you maintain the safety of your staff and your players, right? When we think about, um, you know, sports, I mean, most of industry is the assets that we have are our people. And so how do you make it safe for the individuals who are going to be working it? the individuals who are going to be playing um, the game, as well as the spectators who are going to come and enjoy that event. So really working through all of that and the complexity of it. I mean, I applaud our community um, and those representatives because it is probably one of the more complex um, when you think about all those moving parts. In addition, throw in some food just um, to make it a little more challenging. So then you have the you know outdoor dining guidance um, And also, for the most part, most of our venues, um, the shared um, cleaning responsibilities of restrooms and commonly touched surfaces, um, I think was, you know, a very, I mean, it's enlightening from those of us who kind of are not engaged in that day-to-day business operation, but the amount of forethought and planning that they really had to do to think, how do we bring this back? And for instance, when you're going to bring back players who are going to maybe stay with host families... How do you do that in a way, again, bringing people from outside the community where infection rates may be different, getting them into our community where our infection rates and families and host families, making that all work so that we can return to play with a minimum of impact on disease activity. And I think um, that was an example of some very thoughtful and very um, proactive stance on how to do that in the most you know, really safe, effective way possible.
0: And the target is July 1. They expect to have fans in the seats there to watch the Rivets play out there right in Loves Park. So it looks like they're on target. Everything seems to be on plan, right? And if it's done correctly, this can work. That's key, you gotta do it right, right?
1: And I think even as we, you know, the IHSA, the Illinois High School um, Athletics started their practices last week. Um, And again, the six feet of social distancing, um, kind of the independent conditional, you know, the training. Um, And at the same time, things like weightlifting and things where you can't spot individuals or some of those activities where you want to really minimize that. You saw a lot of work being done by a variety of groups. Um, uh, The speedway, you know, the pit crews. I mean, all of those, um, I think for every industry that's had to take a look at, How do we do this? How do we protect our staff um, that are working these events, our assets, whether it's the drivers, the players, the, you know, um, whatever that asset and resource is, as well as then kind of the the spectators? How do you make that comfortable? We know that the data that's out there, either whether you're doing retail, customers and consumers and spectators have to feel comfortable coming to these events they have to know that you're taking every step and precaution so again a lot of work has gone into proactively plan and prepare for this Um, so and I know we just released uh, phase four guidance just came out today from the governor's office um, which talks about some of these resume for competitive play um, especially in youth sports so moving outside of just individual and conditioning and training now into competitive. So that's a very positive sign that, um, and again, I come back to the metrics we're driving this. So outside of the sports, I think all of our community has worked hard to keep their infection rates. Um, It's been hard, there's no doubt about it. Um, It has been a long haul. But people have really gotten the message and worked hard to minimize exposures and contacts, and that has kept our infection rate you know re- as low as we can go, so it 's allowing us to move into this next phase so I mean these have all had an impact, all those social mitigation of staying home, you know minimizing outside travel, wearing a face covering, went out in public, staying home when you 're sick frequent hand washing, frequently cleaning, all of those things have had a positive influence and impact, which is allowing us to get to this next part. So it's, I'm gonna say a whole community, whole team effort to get us back to um, to be able to reopen some more opportunities and activities in phase four.
0: It's working. It's so far, right?
1: It's working, yes.
0: <laughs> now, I, I, I have to ask people, a lot of people don't quite realize, it, we could hit a situation where it could all stop this progress of moving forward and I mean we it we have to continue to make it work in the right way right
1: we do and it's we can't we have to be vigilant Right. So if we have a ticket to that great game that we really want to see or we want to see our budding sports, you know, um, player in our family, whether it's soccer or football or anything, play and we're not feeling well, we need to exercise that vigilance. Stay home. We need to make sure that we're not letting our child or anyone else compete, you know, if they're not up, you know, not feeling well on that particular day. Um, Wearing our face covering is as much as possible. I know that that's a hard one for people. Um, They, you know, many view it as, you know, an inconvenience. But it is showing some, a lot of positive influence and impact on, you know, dampening the disease rate. And so we wear it to protect ourselves and we wear it to protect others. So I think we have to continue to be vigilant. We can't let it slip back. I mean, there might be different venues that have to close. For instance, if a teen gets sick, right? then they can't participate in play. And so that may forfeit a game or it may for, you know, forfeit a competition. Um, those are the things that can be done besides whole community, I think, shutdowns. Now it will be more isolated kinds of activities um, and events. It may be a closure related to an outbreak in a particular setting, but we all have to do our part. We all have to be as thoughtful and intentional as we can be to limit that exposure and spread.
0: Are there certain sports that you're worried about returning? I mean, because as you mentioned earlier, we all know not every sport is the same, especially when you're talking about being able to handle COVID. Are there certain sports that you're worried about coming back just because there's not that social distancing aspect built in?
1: I think that there'll be some, you know, I think as we move through, how can you make, for instance, I'm going to say contact sports, right? So um, basketball might be one where you're going to rotate your players out more frequently, right? So they're not, because remember, there's kind of this golden time limit of 15 minutes. So again, you know, in exchanging heavy breathing, aerosolizing, that kind of thing, what you want to do is try and kind of, the, obviously, the refs will have to be watching very carefully on fouls and things like that. And again, if some a player is, you know, in contact with another one on a regular basis, maybe rotating them out. And that's where those sports coaches and everyone has to be much more thoughtful, right? So it's not that you can't play, but how do you kind of length minimize the contact time and minimize the length of time? So it might be that you have to kind of rotate it out a player out more. Um, It could be for things like football that they're going to wear gloves, right? I mean, again, hand kinds of things and wearing a face shield, you know, over the helmets. These are things that, again, we have to really kind of think about how can we make it as safe as possible, recognizing that, you know, 15 minutes, recognizing contact. And then also then when they're in the, I'm going to say the huddles and the dugouts and and kind of the bench, how do we keep it social distance and still communicating right how do we make sure that they understand what the next step is um but it becomes important that we're all going to have to learn this moving forward this is going to be around with us for a while Um, i'm optimistic that we'll have a vaccine but until that time, until everyone can get it vaccinated. And it's, we're really gonna have to be thinking about it. Think about how we're all doing meetings now and how we're doing, we're not sitting, you know, shoulder to shoulder anymore at places. We're not, unless it's a family member or a household member with us. So these are the things that when I, when I talk about how intentional all of our staff have had to be, whether it's coaching staff, teachers. And I think for children, it's that kind of transition from summer how do we get them into the school then as well, right? Um, colleges will be different. As we know, we've seen some changes in college sports and schedules based on the concern regarding the flu season. And so recognizing dorm situations. And when you think of a team, especially on a professional level and or a college level, they're almost in their own cohort. So what you're not going to see is a lot of new players coming in mid-season, right? That idea of trades may be impacted as we go forward it, because all of a sudden, I come in and I'm a new member to the group that you haven 't been exposed to before i 'm now an outsider to your household we 're going to call that and so how do we make sure that I come in and you know do not bring my household with with me to your new household and so those are the things that you know in the past you might be traded the day before and start the next day on your new team that there may be some changes that go with that and that I I do believe that that's being handled at the national level, but certainly that's what we're looking at as as we bring in kids. If they want to start playing a sport in the fall, we'll want them to stay in their same team, same group as much as possible um, so that the introduction of potential exposure reduces.
0: There are so many football fans around this area. Um, and that's one of the sports that's kind of g- stuck in the middle there. And it, it feels like what we have to do until that vaccine is, is readily available is experiment and see what's going to work with sports like football. And there really is the next couple of months, isn't it going to be kind of some experimentation and see how we're going to be able to do this?
1: Well, and I'd like to say we call it surveillance, not experimentation. We'll see as we go through and we put some of these mitigation strategies into effect, um, what is the impact? Are we able to keep the number of new infections within that grouping low? Um, And so with the idea being, yes, um, I'm going to say we are learning as we go through this. What are the concerns? Is it, you know, um, and as we transport teams, think about planes and all of that kind of uh, where we're going to have to go but typically they travel as a team and a group so they're a little bit different but you're not going to see shared water bottles and gatorade you know um, coolers Um, the the idea of your everyone's going to have their own individual water bottle is going to be the norm so you're not going to see the big uh, coolers Um, baseball you're not allowed to see some of the other the seeds and the chewing and Anything where you're going to spit something out of your mouth um, uh, is not going to happen. So you're going to see some new, I'm going to say rules of etiquette for lack of a better term, but certainly some difference in that area so that we can minimize that. Um, And hopefully we will be able to have some, you know, I'm going to say some recreation, some fun, and a return to some of our competitive sporting uh, for our community, you know, and for the nation as a whole
0: some things may change forever, right? Some of this stuff may never go back to the way it was, too.
1: Well, and again, I think as, uh, as we learn more what we like and what we don't like, this could change very much how we, um, I think those, uh, when you think about some of the mass, the way we'd come out of a stadium and we'd all in the congregate in the parking lot, um, that's a large mass event in and of itself if the stadium wasn't the issue, you know. Um, the the whole parking lot would would have been something else. I think the other part would have been, we were trying to move to more healthy conditions. Um, So again, kind of looking at that, some of the behaviors, Uh, sharing water bottles, we've always had some issues with team sports and kids and things like that, and really have tried to discourage some of that. Um, even the water coolers on golf courses, think about that. You know, the cups, and you know, really encouraging people because, again, there's no way to sanitize and make sure those are happening. I think we'll all be the best cleaners and hand washers ever known. Um, I think we're all going to be um, learning and keeping that as our new skill. But there might be some things that we say, really, that was a good thing to, to implement, that we, you know, kind of made that different. I know that one of my the sports teams I read was going to do... Um, you would have to text for your food order. So you want a hot dog and a beverage, an adult beverage. It would come together. Think of it, a cold one and a hot one together, uh, rather than going and standing in separate lines or waiting for the one venue. So there might be some innovations that we really appreciate. Some good stuff um, over yeah. the long haul.
0: Right, some stuff we'll love as we go on. You know, um, it should should sports team organizers coaches uh even athletes and fans uh should they prepare whether it be mentally or even be coming up with plans for a second wave
1: well i think nationally we're telling people to you know, prepare that there's going to be more infection. Whether you call it a second wave, I've heard it kind of like that we're gonna have bumps in the road, Um, whether it's kind of a surfing. um, I've also heard it uh, an analogy like forest fires, that they'll crop up and we'll come down. We'll crop them up and, you know, take them down and fight them down. Um, I think at this point what we're talking about really is monitoring those outbreaks and you've heard about our contact tracers and investigators, Um, we've talked a lot about this and so for instance if you are participating in a sporting event and you become identified as a contact you know we will be reaching out and maybe there'll be that whole seating section or that whole room is going to have to um consider or not you know whether or not depending upon how long they were spent if they're uh you know a close contact that requires quarantine and isolation and monitoring for that time frame, um, and so I also say that this kind of this is this contract between all of us as we open up is that understanding that if we're exposed, we may be asked to do some things uh, to really to protect the whole. Um, so that may mean that two weeks of quarantine if you're a household contact uh, versus having to shut down a business
0: it's just an incredibly crazy time that we're living in right now. And it's just going to remain um, weird, which is the only word I can come up with because it's just not normal, you know? And we just have to learn to live with this and we have to adapt. And um, that's what we've been doing so far, right?
1: And I think that that's, I think uh, adaptation, uh, innovation, and remaining hopeful Um, I think that and when I when I look at you know the children returning to camp and you know I you can imagine some of the concerns about would children wear masks when they went in for you know we'd have them outside playing and then come in and they've done what we hear from them is they're doing very well Um, that they're able to um, have some fun enjoy themselves and are really learning how to navigate this new normal and I think about um, and I hate to say that term new normal, it wasn't, believe it or not, I heard that that was done in the 1900s. I mean, we're thinking like it's a new term. Um, but think about um, when we, things that have gone on in, in our lives that where we've had to really adapt and I, I really think that so many places are innovating and that's really, it's giving us some opportunity in those areas. Um, I think about Skype meetings and how many of us were Skyping on a regular basis. Um, how many of us were you know thinking about how can I do this is touchless I mean we most of us are human beings we do things part of practice is repetition and doing it the way we've always done it Um, but we also know sometimes we need um, intellectually a little disruption to challenge us um, either physically emotionally and intellectually and so not that I would have picked a pandemic but I think that um, I think so many of our, you know, community and our sports world and our, you know, coaches and our teams and all of that are really, and the organizers are really having to think it through and innovate in a way that adapts it so that people can have an enjoyable summer season.
0: Everything has changed, hasn't it? Um, And as you mentioned some 25 minutes ago when we started, sports used to be that distraction, that way of escaping this craziness and the reality of what might be scaring us so much. And it—and we haven't had that for this three plus months. We haven't had really any escape from, uh, from what we've been going through. And so obviously people are hungry for that. And now we're starting to get it back. And so hopefully we can do it right, as you've continued to mention, and get that distraction get that little piece of our life back a little bit right
1: i agree i think it's um and i think it's so important uh, for so many levels uh I think also for individuals who want, who like to play, to get out and, and really enjoy it right now. I mean, to be able to get back on a softball team or, you know, some of that or a league or, you know, or bowl or, you know, whatever your passion is that gives you a little bit of outlet, not only is it to, as an observer, but also as a participant, expanding that ability to participate in some of that, because that, you know, we know that that improves mental health and it also improves your physical health.
0: Yeah, it's a big part of a lot of people's lives. I can attest to that. And uh, we miss it. And, and we, I can't speak for everybody, but I do want to say that we appreciate the job that you guys have done over there, that you personally and your entire department, I really think that it's been handled extremely professionally, very well done over there, well played. Dr. Martell, well played.
1: I have a very strong team and a good backup in our Board of Health. I mean, this has been one for, as we said, for the books. But I think that, again, we did it with with really the support and full intent that we were going to get as many people through this as we could. Um, and we wanted to get to the other side where we could enjoy and reopen our community as fully as possible. And, and again, we regret the loss of any lives, but... Um, and I think that's another thing many of our um, I know many of our residents and some of our homes are waiting for sports to come back on a line as well um, that's part of a, a recreational activity that they watch on a regular basis
0: you bet you bet dr. Sandy Martell thank you so much for joining us you've been wonderful full of information let's let's do it again on down the line and and kind of break down what's on the horizon as well okay
1: all right, we'll keep us, you know, going as we go into this next phase.
0: Definitely. Thank you, Doctor. I appreciate your time so much. Thank you. For more from the newsroom of the Rockford Register Star, go online at rrstar.com.